The following program, Chicago's Weekend Wake-Up Call, is sponsored by the Digital Wellness Center and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of NewsWeb Radio Company or its management. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Digital Wellness with Dr. Mary where we explore the fascinating intersection of digital technology and well-being. I'm your social producer, Richardson, and today we have a thought-provoking topic to delve into. Indeed we do, Richardson. Thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Mary Donahue, the CEO of the Digital Wellness Center, and your host for this journey into the digital world and wellness. Our show is all about promoting wellness and helping you navigate the challenges of our increasingly digital connected lives. That's right, Dr. Mary. In today's fast-paced, digital-centric world, It's easy to get caught up in the holiday blues and anxiety that comes with it. I feel that you're 100% right, Richardson. I mean, when I talk to people, when I see people in the street, what I'm seeing is the holiday blues and anxiety. A lot of people are facing it. And when you talk to your friends and you talk to people who are getting things ready, you know, one of my girlfriends was, um, couldn't, she didn't have her candles organized for Hanukkah. And I thought, oh my gosh, like that's a lot of stress because it started uh, two days ago. And so when we start thinking about about these things, everybody's experiencing a different kind of stress. And what happens is they're exasperated by our digital interactions. And so today, as always, we're going to talk about the science behind these feelings. And we're going to share practical strategies to help your well-being during the holiday season. We also have a special treat for yeah. you. And we'll, we'll be joined by a guest who has a unique perspective on dealing with anxiety and stress during the holiday season. Get ready to welcome Dana Dineen from Beaches Hot Yoga in Toronto. I'm so sorry if I said your last name wrong, but <laughs> if you can correct me, that would be great. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Dana. Hi there. So, can you hear me? Yes, yeah, we can, hear you. we can hear you. Wonderful. <laughs> awesome. So if anyone has any questions, be sure to reach out on our Instagram, LinkedIn, the Digital Wellness Center, of course, or call or text 773-763-9278. As always, you can connect with Dr. Mary Donahue on LinkedIn. Here, we're here to provide you with valuable insights and solutions to navigate these challenges. Well, let's start navigating these challenges. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about, and I'm so happy that Dana's here. I've known Dana for upwards of 15 years now. And Richardson, you probably don't know this, but we met because I became a very dedicated member at her yoga studio. And originally it was Bikram yoga, then it was hot yoga. And she started introducing all kinds of other practices, which I took you to recently was yoga. Yeah yin yoga. And those are all practical strategies for cultivating positivity in our lives. And a little bit later, what we're going to do is talk to Dana about her most recent discovery in terms of positivity and managing anxiety, which is cold plunging. And this morning on my run, as I tell you all the time, and Dana, I'm, I'm going to ask you soon how people do this because I don't even like ice in my water. But, you know, I see people all the time jumping into the lake and I actually see members of your studio doing it together. And what, you know, I really notice is positivity is not just a state of mind. It seems to be a skill. And and I'm, I know, you know, we're not interviewing you or anything yet, but do you believe that? Is it a skill that can be developed and honed over time? Absolutely. Um, I, I think that positivity is a practice, and I think finding outlets that help us generate, um, you know, physiological response and and emotional response and happiness is um, a really large part of cultivating feeling positive on a regular basis. 
I love that you said that because today I'm going to explain a little bit about the neuroscience of positivity because a lot of people don't realize that positivity is controlled by you and your brain, but it's how you trigger your brain to get positivity. Um, But Richardson, I know you've got some things and you've got some questions, so let's just jump into it. Yeah, for sure. So what are some practical steps for our listeners and even me? that we can take to foster <laughs> these positivity in our digital interactions because I'm pretty sure we all need this. <laughs> what do you mean, even me? Yes, of course. It's a great question. And I know you're going in your finals and your final term. And mm-hmm. so first and foremost, you have to be careful of your digital consumption. Uh, you do all of you uh, that are basically under 40 spend way too much time on your phone. And what we see and engage with online can have a significant impact on our mood. So when I say that, it's a strength and a weakness. But what happens is, and I've talked about this a thousand times, digital media is designed to make you sad. Because the sadder and the more envious you get, the more you stay on it to try and find somebody who's like you or to try and find a solution to what you're doing. That's, it, that's been happening in media for hundreds of years, since Abe Lincoln's time. It's called If It Bleeds, It Leads. So the, my very first tip is to curate your digital environment. Like you said earlier, connect with Dr. Mary on LinkedIn. That's pretty well the only way people can reach me. It's the only social media I use. And that's for a reason. You know, up until this year, it didn't tend to get overly personal or any of those kinds of things. But it was strictly business and it was a very useful tool for business. So what I do now is I unfollow or mute accounts that consistently spread negativity and I focus on those that inspire and uplift. And you and I have talked on the show about the the, the whole idea of inspiring and uplifting. And let's use social media this year to do it. In my newsletter, I talked about why 2024 is the year of the big stress. And one of the reasons is we're saturated. Everybody's on social media trying to be everybody else or to be an influence or to be any of those things. Why? You're never going to be successful. And let's take a good hard look at what happens to influencers in the end. That's an excellent tip. And thank you for sharing that. I... I believe that, you know, when we clean up our, especially with social media, as you do, it's kind of hard for me to do that. But, you know, I think if I do that, it will be much easier for me to um, feel better. As you said, it's negative. Uh, It has a negative impact on me trying to always follow up or keeping up with the Joneses. Right. So, Like, what else can our listeners do other than, like, cleaning up our digital, you know, space, right? Well, Rich, I'm going to take you to task on what you just said. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, like, I was talking to somebody in the street, and they had heard our show last Saturday where we talked a lot about this. And one of the things I said is, I just can't leave social media. And I was like, why? If you have a headache, do you take a Tylenol or whatever? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? Yeah, for sure. I'm asking. Yeah, right. If you're tired, do you go to bed? Yeah, 100%. If you're hungry, do you eat? <laughs> Obviously, of course, yes. <laughs> if you're sad, why aren't you getting off digital? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> like, just think about that. Just think yeah. about social media. It doesn't own you. You're not making money from it. It's not your job. And the parts that are your job, just enjoy it. Like, get rid of the negativity. And so one of the things that I always want you to do and think about, and you and I talk about this because um, I think it's the key to life. And Dale Carnegie talks about this. And he tells a powerful story of feeling very, very sorry for himself and being in a, in a hotel room of, of roach, a roach-filled hotel room and um, 
like his ties having moth holes and not enjoying his job. And he started turning things around by being grateful that at least he had that hotel room and by being grateful that he had the ability to work. Why? Because in the elevator, he met a man on a board with wheels built into like pounded into it Mm -hmm. that lived outside. So one of the things we have to do is begin to take a moment to reflect on the things we're thankful for. And I know that's happened to me recently. I found out some very, very sad news about my dog. And as I was feeling very sorry for myself, I walked outside. And what is the first thing that I see? But homeless teenagers. So you have to put things back into perspective and look at how you can help those people and then how you can help yourself. You have to have gratitude that you have the ability to help, like in my case, to help my dog. And I also want people to think about how lucky we are to live where we do. We can still make our own choices. We're not living in a war-torn environment. Sometimes I think about the weather. Today I was thankful that it was raining while I was running and not snowing because I was dressed for the rain, but I wasn't dressed for the snow. One of the things is gratitude combats stress. You can't be grateful when you're stressed. Think about that yin, like that, that push and pull. Gratitude pushes stress out of your out of yourself. I love that so much. And and to the connection between getting off like social media clear gives you that space to be able to think about everything else and to be grateful to have the opportunity to practice um, gratitude or uh, and see the world for what it is and see what you have and be grateful for it you know is there any other practical like techniques that you would also love to share Well, I think I would. Um, One simple uh, mindfulness exercise that I use all the time, um, gratitude, mindfulness, just catch your breath exercise. We talk about them at the Digital Mm -hmm. Wellness Center or micro breaks. We're going to talk a little bit about more is when you feel overwhelmed or when you feel stressed. uh, And I teach this to young children. And by young, I mean, 13, 14 They're the people that are on their phones a lot and doing a lot of comparisons. And they're actually taught to do that, of comparing other people to themselves. What we talk a lot about is the 3-2-1 technique. Just very simply put your phone down, put it away, walk away, and count 3-2-1. Take a break. Close your eyes and take three deep breaths. And here's the tick about deep breaths, and changing the waves in your brain. One of the things is when we get stressed, our dopamine is at an all-time high. Think of a chart that your dopamine's at the very, very, very top. And you're making really bad decisions when that happens. And when your dopamine's at the bottom of that chart, when that comes crashing down, what happens is you don't make any decisions and you're paralyzed with fear. But if you take a deep breath in and count to three, so let's do this all together. Dana, go ahead and join us. Count. Take a deep breath in. One, two, three. Now let it out for six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Count with me in your head. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six. One last time. The deepest you've taken all day. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six. What just happened in your brain is called transient hyperfrontality. It means the prefrontal cortex of your brain was cleared. If you have a smartwatch on, when you do that exercise, you'll see your heart rate lower. And you'll come back to making better decisions. Instead of being spikes, your dopamine with the three, two, one exercise will be just gentle waves. And that's what we teach people to do all the time. I love that so much. That is so practical, especially when, for me personally, when I have, this is like my exam period, my exam. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My dopamine level has been high and low, so I've just been everywhere. But this is something that I can really apply to my life and I'm pretty sure our listeners can apply this to their life because life is stressful and we definitely need that that um, 
mindfulness and that time of peace so we can really apply this mindfulness exercise. Thank you so much, Dr. Donnie. Well, thank you. And let's let's let take a quick 30-second break with Devin or 60-second break. And when we come back, we're going to start talking about exactly what else is going on in your brain. is a binaural beat. They're an auditory phenomenon that can have a significant effect on your brain and your mental state. They work through a process called brainwave entertainment. It's sorry, brainwave entrainment. I always say entertainment and then I have to correct myself. It involves using sound frequencies to synchronize brainwave activity. I discovered these probably about two and a half years ago when I was working with a team in LA for the Digital Wellness Center. And one of the things that we noticed is there's a lot of different sensory um, stress triggers. But one of the quickest ways to calm you down, calm people down, are binaural beats. So I want you to know what you just heard and why they can be beneficial for calming your mind. And don't worry, we'll play them again. And Dana, I want to encourage you to use these too, because I think that your students will really appreciate these. What happens is they affect your auditory perception. Binaural beats are created by playing two slightly different frequencies in each ear simultaneously. For example... If you hear a 300 hertz tone in one ear and a 310 hertz tone in another ear, your brain perceives a third sound, which is the difference between the two frequencies. In this case, you heard a 10 hertz binaural beat. Then we know the frequency following response occurs. So when your brain detects these slight differences in frequencies, it attempts to reconcile the two by producing its own internal frequency, which is the binaural beat. This is known as the frequency following response or the FFR in science. The brainwave synchronization is the different brainwave frequencies that are associated with various mental states. For instance, the beta waves are linked to alertness and active thinking, while the delta waves in your brain are associated with deep sleep. We've all heard about these, the beta waves. You can see them if you go online and and look them up, and then you see the delta waves. Binaural beats can help shift your brainwave activity toward a desired state. So we have uh, binaural beats at the Digital Wellness Center for sleep, for relaxation, for stress reduction, for creativity, for relaxation and stress reduction. We've written lower frequency binaural beats, and we've worked with Grammy award-winning artists to design these. Um, So the lower frequency binaural beats are the delta and the theta range are often used for relaxing sleep and stress. And then calm and focus. When we listen to a binaural beat like we just did, you can effectively entrain your brain to align with that frequency. So how do we practically use these? I always like to talk about science, but I talk about the practical use. So we use these at TSA lines. Um, Binaural beats are a very valuable tool for managing stress. And just put your hands up if you have been someone who's gotten stressed in a TSA line. 
or waiting for your baggage or finding out your plane is going to be late or waiting to get on your plane and wondering if somebody's going to take that compartment above your head and you're not going to have anywhere to put your luggage. You know, I'm obsessed with that. I'm like, I'm I'm too obsessed with that. Okay. I know that. (laughs) But what we use is in, in, we use QR codes that you can just hit a QR code and hear the spineural beat. And in 2024 at JFK and LaGuardia, you're going to be able to access these. And what we're doing is we're looking at how to innovate to reduce stress. Now, I need to tell you this. While these spineural beats can be effective for so many people and individual experiences may vary, you could hear these things and maybe not be affected. But if you feel that you're just like not getting it, just seek professional help. And as always, we have all the tools listed to help you find those. And we'll post them again on our social. And so one of the things that I'm really excited about to give back is at the Digital Wellness Center, we're launching our lab next month. Sorry, in January. Yeah, at the end of January. And it's free experiences where Richardson students, adults, anybody can just go online and use some of these for free. You can try them. You can look at other areas we've we've pioneered, which are micro-education centers, movements, short little movements. We created something called sleep yoga. Like we've really been working on all these things because our goal is to heal and to help make and help people reduce that stress in their life so they make better decisions. Love that. <laughs> it's it's true. Um, it, these are powerful tools and um, it can really positively positively sorry impact um, your life and and help you reduce that stress. So I'd like to jump right now to Dana because Dana's dedicated her life to positivity, to helping people feel healthy. Dana, I want you to tell the whole world about how wonderful you are. But before you do, I'm going to just say Dana is committed her whole entire life to helping people feel better. And she's innovated in this area with all kinds of wonderful things. Now, the one thing I haven't tried of Dana is cold plunging. And that's why I brought her on, because I want to begin to understand this emerging health practice. I'm seeing it in oncology. I'm seeing it in diabetes. I'm seeing it in all kinds of things. And as long as it's supervised, it can be to many of us who live on a great like a free way of treating yourself um, for negativity. So, you know what? Let's not even take a break. Let's let's just jump right into this. Dana, you know what? Rich, how do you feel about that? Let's just go crazy. Okay, let's do it. All right. So, Dana, I'm just so excited to have you here. Tell the world about you. Oh, thank you for having me, Mary, and uh Richardson, I really appreciate being here. Um, I am the owner of Bichitat Yoga in Toronto. And as you said, Dr. Mary, we started as a Bikram Yoga studio um, many years ago, around 20 years ago, and have evolved over the years to uh, hot yoga and then offering different practices. um, And our latest is cold plunging. But everything at the studio is really designed around physical and, like you said, mental mental health and wellness. um, All of our practices really help to cultivate a, a lot of positive mindset training. So we're not only helping to or working to change um, our physical body, but our, 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 our mental health and increase our, our wellness overall. Well, you know, and I saw that with that pop-up meditation class that we went into just by accident yes. and <laughs> I, I loved it. But I, I honestly can't believe it's been 20 years. My God, I guess it has been a lot longer I than I thought. Go oh, my that. goodness. I still remember you at one of Jaya's birthday parties where we had Nancy Drew as the hero of the birthday party. That's so cool. Um, for those of you listening, Jaya is my only child and she is my perfect daughter. But we won't talk about her because I could do that all day. However, um, Dana, cold plunging has really got me curious because Obviously, I haven't realized the passage of time, but as I pass a certain age, which we won't say, um, 
many, many people are doing cold plunging. And this morning, I actually stopped my run and watched somebody just literally walk into the lake in December. And I was just like, okay, what's going on? And how does this relate to digital wellness, positivity, all of those things? You know, I think we really saw the rise of cold plunging here in Canada during the pandemic. Um, because at a time when people were so isolated and also dealing with a lot of, you know, the um, ill effects of being in a digital world, uh, cold plunging was something, cold water immersion was something that was accessible to, you know, anyone who lives by a body of water or even if you don't have a body of water at home um, and that you could access in a time when so many things were closed. Um, and since then, we've seen it continue on because people are really feeling the tremendous benefit of this practice. As intimidating as it can look, it really does um, <laughs> yeah. embrace you when you start to do it. <laughs> okay, so let's just start. Like, let's talk about sure. what it is and, and how did you get into it? And then we'll go into what it does. So Absolutely. what is it? Um, so, yes, cold, cold plunging or cold water immersion is a practice um, immersing yourself in cold water for typically two to five minutes. Um, and it may sound challenging, but it does offer a ton of physical and mental benefits. Um, you can do it in the lake. You can do it in your tub. You can do it in the cold plunge facility. You can even have cold showers. So if you feel comfortable about it, can you talk, if you, if you want to, if, don't, if not, just say, hey, I don't want to, Mayor. Um, your whole journey into this? Like, I'm oh, yes. always fascinated by how you discover these wonderful practices. Absolutely. So coming from a practice that we could say is the polar opposite, the hot yoga, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've, I have a, a deep understanding and, and practice of feeling the benefits of something that puts your body in a more extreme environment and learning how to condition your state of mind and tools of breath management that help to manage our body as well. And these are essentially stress management tools. So during the pandemic, when this was not as available, um, I started to explore cold water therapy. And as, again, opposite as it may seem, it had a very similar effect on me. And very quickly within, oh, yeah, a couple of, a couple of, wow. hours, I was like, this is it. This is the other end of the spectrum that is providing me the same physiological response that I feel when I'm in a hot yoga class. Wow. So it worked. <laughs> Sorry, Rich, go. Oh, tremendous. Oh, I, find, I find this so fascinating from one end you know, going from hot to uh, to cold, and like mm-hmm. if you can explain a little bit more, like what the benefits sure. were from um, the benefits of cold plunging. Like, what happened to you? How did you Absolutely. feel? So, in that intentional stress exposure, um, we release, you know, different different things, and we have a um, we have a physiological response that helps us release adrenaline and noradrenaline, and there's a large increase in dopamine as well. Um, So with practice and regular cold exposure, for me, I felt a huge reduction in my overall stress. I felt a lightness of being. I felt more open. I felt more clear of mind, and also my sleep improved drastically. Wow. Your sleep. Mm -hmm. sleep So did you just, like, I I don't want... I don't want people just like, just before we go any further, because I want to talk about sleep, but I don't want people mm-hmm. jumping into the lake today. Like, how <laughs> no, did you start? No, no, no. no. <laughs> like, let's just talk about some of the safeties. Like I have a heart condition. Richardson has a heart condition. My beautiful Jaya yeah. has a heart condition. Like, how do we do all these things? How do we start on all of this? Yeah. So those with heart conditions are absolutely, you know, 100% you want to speak to your doctor before yeah. getting any type of cold exposure practice. Um, but it really is a slow and steady process. Um, it's important that you're also, if you're starting cold water immersion, that you do it with another person nearby, of course, at any time. Perfect. But it's uh, a very slow and steady process. So um, immersing yourself in cold water for shorter duration um, and allowing yourself to get perhaps further into the water 
um, with each dip and then maybe a little bit longer as well. Pairing it with breathing exercises can be really powerful and to help stimulate the, the right response. Wow. So my friend Tony uh, does it in the shower. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a Is fantastic that the same? way to start. To be honest, I find it's, it's not quite the same. I actually find cold showers to be more challenging than a cold plunge because <laughs> really? there are, there are, yeah, there's more variance in temperatures while you're in the cold shower. When you're in cold water, because it's completely immersive, it, it helps for myself to stimulate a deeper meditative state, which allows me to have more of a tranquil response. So talk about that. Like you, before I interrupted you with safety tools, because it's oh. kind of my job to do that. Um, talk about how it, <laughs> how it, um, how it affected your sleep. And, you know, for COVID, for those of us who own businesses, mm-hmm. it was the worst time. And mm-hmm. I think it was the worst time for a lot of people. At least that's what the data is saying. We're 80% more stressed today than we have been at any mm-hmm. other time since we've been measuring stress. Like that's, that's a mm-hmm. powerful indicator of just how badly we dealt with being locked up. How did it help you? How did, mm-hmm. Like you mentioned your sleep, your stress, all of that. Yeah. Um, so it's the it, cold plunging is you will feel benefit from one dip. Absolutely. If, if you do it one time, you're quite likely to feel increased sense of well-being, happiness, energy. With consistent cold water exposure, you can start to become more aware of the more long-term benefits. So when I began to um, practice cold water exposure daily during the pandemic, um, I, my anxiety dramatically reduced. And as, you know, in connection to that, my sleep improved as well. I just, I was going from waking up 12 times a night to sleeping through the night within the first few weeks of my regular cold exposure practice. Wow. That's dramatic. That it is dramatic. dramatic. It, it, it really was dramatic, which is why I was so empowered to immediately start offering it here at Beach Hot Yoga. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, and, if something changes my life, we're going to do it. <laughs> I know, and then we all buy in, but I've been really reluctant on this one because uh, I just love the heat so much. But now I've had to adjust my love of heat. But you know, one of the things that I find super interesting, so I was looking up some of the science on this, because that's always what interests me is, is to make sure that Absolutely. something is grounded in the science. And yeah. one of the things I found about what you just said is there is evidence to demonstrate that um, it's putting you into that fight mode. So we, we have fight mm-hmm. or flight for a reason. It keeps us alive. And we just don't constantly want to be in fight or flight, or that leads to chronic anxiety, which leads to um, burnout or depression or like many, many other bad mental health things. But what it talks about is the cold plunging is releasing the stress-fighting hormones, um, for example, adrenaline and non-adrenaline. And I don't know why I said, for example, because they are the stress hormones, adrenaline and non-adrenaline. But these um, are definitely natural responses. And what I like about that is, and I was just reading something about this in um, the Harvard uh, uh, newsletter for health. It talks about how many Americans are increasingly experiencing inflammation in the body. And this is negatively affecting their mood, but it's very, very, very negatively affecting their health. And it has to do mm-hmm. with their, their practices, their daily practices, like do they walk, what they eat. But some people mm-hmm. were talking about meditation and cold plunging. Now, Harvard hadn't approved mm-hmm. or disapproved. They were just presenting this information. What do you feel about, like, about what I read? Like, in your, does, this, does it help reduce inflammation? Well, I, you know, I, again, my personal experience has been, yes, we've always seen professional athletes be, you know, they were kind of the first to start cold plunging. And I think we have a lot of, pardon me, feelings that it's more for professional athletes. But if we are going to talk specifically about inflammation, that is what they are coming to um, cold plunging for, that reduction of inflammation. And then if we connect inflammation in the way it's negatively affecting all of our lives, 
it's a really powerful tool for everyone. And I do feel that cold plunging helps to reduce inflammation. And then we see improvement in mood and in sleep and in body mobility from, from it. We're also, like you said, because of the, it, it puts you in a state of fight or flight. We're learning how to manage our stress with the cold exposure. So rather than reacting uh-huh. with practice, we're learning how to respond, how to find tools of, you know, breath work, of meditation that help us experience it differently. And then you're able to use those same techniques out of your life and in your life, pardon me, out of the cold plunge. I wonder if Steph Curry does it. As everybody knows, Steph Curry is my hero. So, um, and LeBron James. Yeah, love LeBron James. He's I because of LeBron James, I can now fly almost without jet lag. So, if LeBron James does it, then you know I'm a guy. Got to give it a try. But that's one of the things I'd like to talk to you about. I know at at Beaches Yoga, Beaches Hot Yoga. Sorry. one of the things you offered at one point was cold plunging coaches or lessons. And I mm-hmm. love that you talk about doing it with other people. Um, mm-hmm. Like, How does that process start? Do you go in for a minute? Do you go in for 10 minutes? Like, what do you do? That's a great question, Dr. Mary. We don't have a specific amount of time that we, you know, we never force anyone. This is how, how long you need to be in the cold water. Oh, okay, good. But um, <laughs> when, we, when we work with one-on-one with clients or in uh, workshops where we're doing cold exposure, we encourage two to two and a half minutes um, because in that amount of time, you give yourself an opportunity to pass that initial fight or flight response and to really get into the breath work and the meditation and building that um, resilience. So we, that's, what, that's, what we, that's what we encourage everyone to work towards. But if you start and your first cold plunge is 30 seconds, good for you. You know, it's really about building up that tolerance, building up that resilience over a long period of time. So could I start with one ankle? Absolutely. Okay, good. The way that I also um, (laughs) encourage people to start who are intimidated, maybe don't start in the winter. You know, if you have a body of water close by, start swimming in it in the summer. And then when the weather gets a little colder, keep swimming. And day by day, the water temperature gets colder, but you are acclimated to it because it doesn't feel like a big shock. And so it goes from July to August to September to October to November to December. And so you're able to find yourself in the water comfortably. Oh, my gosh. You know what I just thought of when you said that? My grandmother Donahue. My grandmother Donahue swam every day of her life in Lake Huron. Mm -hmm. And um, that she could, that she was around the lake, of course. Mm -hmm. But she started in Mm -hmm. May, basically, like in the old days. We used to still have ice Mm -hmm. in April in the lake. And she kept swimming until the ice started to come back almost. I almost remember her once in the end of October swimming. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if, like, she was a forerunner of this. She lived to be a healthy 92 well, there you go. Sounds like it. Interesting. And, you know, as and, you touched upon in the beginning, it's just something we have available to us that's free. Yeah. You know, if you have a body of water close by, why not take advantage of it? Why not, you know, see what it can do for you? Well, you know, and, and those who live in Chicago, just, oh, my gosh, I love running in Chicago around that lake. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I do want to also say, before I say I have a challenge for Rich, um, <laughs> I, this is never, ever, ever a replacement for professional mental health care. And we, we do yeah. have... Uh, people on here who are professional mental health specialists. Right now, we're talking mm-hmm. about general wellness, and we're talking about the holiday Absolutely. blues. So maybe yeah, if you wanted, tool. yeah, just a support tool for you. And and you know, you weren't at the point with anxiety where you needed medication. You were at the point where you're like, wow, I'm really anxious. I can't sleep. I need to do something, which is fantastic. It's when you can't get out of that state that you need to go and see someone. However, Mm -hmm. this sounds like a very valuable tool for self-regulation. 
So much so Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking maybe Richardson and I need to go with you, Dana. Do a little bit of this. Yes, Rich, I'm saying you, uh, man who hates cold weather. I'm I'm putting my my tippy toes in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We have a caller. And um, let's let him in. But I think you and I need to do this and come back with Dana and report how we did. For sure. Um, but let's welcome our caller right now. Steve? Yes. yes. Uh, so I wanted Hi. to make a couple of points. And one, uh, yes, uh, first, uh, let me compliment you on the disclaimer you just offered. Uh, it's absolutely necessary for people to realize that talk radio, television, social media, whatever, this is not a substitute for professional mental health or any other sort of medical advice. And Thank people you. need to realize that. And all too many people are making that mistake. Uh, having said that, uh, yes, I mean, what you're talking about is wellness. And, you know, th- this is about prevention as much as anything else. In other words, keeping yourself from getting to state A, B, or C. And and now we have a lot of good science with regard to the benefits of, of the cold, especially cold water. Um, it turns out now that when athletes, if there's a risk of paralysis, the first thing that we do is get them into cold water. And it turns out that it lessens the degree to which that they'll be permanently paralyzed. Recovery times are shortened. So the, the, there's a huge benefit. Wow. As a matter of fact, if, you, if you're in cold water and you, and you drown, say you're in Lake Michigan right now, you're out swimming and you go under ice when we get ice or under the water, you can survive for a long time because cold keeps you preserved and lowers your metabolism. As opposed to, you know, uh, going off the beach in Fort Lauderdale this afternoon. I mean, you, if you drown, you drown. Uh, so th- there's just all sorts of benefits they're only now discovering, which your great-grandparents probably knew about if they were from, say, Northern Europe or other places. Where you're- oh, Steve, we lost oh. you. Okay, that's okay. Hopefully he'll call back. I'm loving learning from Steve. That has so much great benefits with that. You know what I love what he just said? Our great-grandparents knew. I wonder if that's why my grandmother did it. I'm, I'm now I'm really curious to try it. Yeah. <laughs> well, while we wait for Steve to call back, he's probably just in a dead zone. Um, Dana, you are amazing. So what do you think? Should we come up? Should Richardson and I come and try this? I think you absolutely should. We'd love to have you. All right, we're ready. I, I think I think it's going to be great, and we will report back. But let's let we'll try it, and we'll see how it works. I know for me, I have certain goals I want to reach in twenty twenty four for my health. So I think that um, there's definitely a challenge for sure that I would love to overcome. <laughs> I know. So Dana, thank you so much. Do you want to listen to Steve? Steve, come back. I want you to talk about uh, more about this. It sounds like you know a lot about it. Well, only on a cursory level, but I do know that from some of the research that I've read, you know, it reinvigorates you. You know, if you talk to people who do say we have the polar plunge here in Chicago every year, and you know, the people who do it, you come out, I mean, you, you feel refreshed. You get home, I mean, you, uh, you're, you feel reinvigorated that entire day. Athletes, you know, professional athletes, when, when the game is over, a lot of them, you know, because they're bruised and they're hurt and they're strained, they're in a tub of ice water for a reason. You know, that's, that's what the trainer has them in now because, again, we've discovered the benefits of cold water. And so, like I said, you know, you can go on about this for a long time. So, yes, I mean, get out there and use it to help heal yourself. Use it to help you to keep yourself from getting down, from being mm-hmm. depressed, from, from being sore, from, again, mentally, emotionally, physically, all sorts of benefits from this. So, yeah, just, just do a little bit of research. Check with your doctor, okay? I'm not saying, you know, if you're 300 pounds and you have a bunch of comorbidities to go out there and do this, um, but check with your physician, make sure everything's all right. But beyond that, it really is a good idea. Thank you, Steve, and I appreciate you calling back. Thank you. Well... You know what? I think it's done. We're all, we in this radio show are definitely going to try cold plunging in 2024. Although I can almost guarantee I'm not going to try it today (laughs) because it's (laughs) rare. 
<laughs> but Dana, you are welcome to stay and play our holiday quiz. We always have beating the holiday blues quiz. We have a quiz every radio show. So what we'd like to do before we end is just dive into our holiday quiz and then we'll let everybody know that we've created some tips for everybody, but I'm going to be adding try cold plunging, even if it's just a bowl of water and putting your hand into it that's cold. Maybe that's how I'll start today. And, um, Dana, will, um, Dana, why don't you just tell everybody where they can reach out to you so that if they have more any information, they can get it. And I know there's some great places in Chicago because I've, you know, I, when I'm there, I practice all the time. I'm not there this week. I'm in Toronto this week. But uh, let's, let's just, how can people find you, Dana? Thank you, Dr. Mary. Uh, people can connect to us at uh, info at beacheshotyoga.com is our email. Our website is www.beacheshotyoga.com. Brilliant. And I love that it's beaches when we talk about cold plunging in the lake. So, exactly. Richardson. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a great Thank pleasure. You. All right, Richardson, are you ready with question one? Oh, yes, I am very ready. And if you want to play, Dana, you're more than welcome. <laughs> All right, I'm here. Okay. Awesome. So, ready for question one? I am. All right. When faced with holiday stress, what's a simple and effective technique you can use to bring more positivity into your day? A, eat all the holiday cookies you can find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> B, practice gratitude. Or C, hibernate until January. <laughs> yeah. As much as I'd like to go with A, I think I'll go with B. Dana? I think I'll go with B as well, Mary. <laughs> I as well will go with B for sure. You will not. You will so eat those cookies. Oh, I know. know. (laughs) I'm trying to be good. good. (laughs) Yeah, that's the joy of being in your 20s. You can eat those cookies. Not in my 20s, clearly. All right. So uh, I love it because gratitude is such a powerful tool for boosting all of our just our feelings. And, and I'm grateful. You know, it's so funny when Dana said 20 years, I forgot I've been going there for 20 years and I just love it. It's just a place of respite for me. And it, it's always great. Even when I travel, I always like can't wait to get back. So here's question two. You, Speaking of Dana's wonderful studio and all the wonderful studios in Chicago, how can you combat overeating during holiday gatherings and maintain a healthy balance? How come I got the boring question this year? Okay, so, geez, I sound like a mom. Oh, wait, I am. Eat everything on the table. That's A. It's a holiday. Practice mindful eating and savor each bite. Or C, skip meals to make room for more holiday treats. Uh, Richardson. Hmm. Well... Practice mindful eating and savor each bite. You know, I 100% believe that. Even though at times, you know, if it is the holidays, I will kind of just forget about that. <laughs> but this this year is a different year and hopefully next year is too. So that's my goal for that. Dana? I think I'll have to choose the same. But doesn't every bite just taste that much more delicious when it's mindful? I know, right? Savoring it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, I'm just going to be the only one that tells the truth here. I'll skip room <laughs> meals to make room for more holiday treats. And particularly if your mom is cooking my favorite dish. I will not eat all day to eat your mom's rice. It's so good. And, and the chicken. It's so freaking good. <laughs> She'll love that. She's always waiting for you to uh, try some. Oh, my God. It's so good. All right. You go to the next question. Yes. What's the best way to stay connected with loved ones during the holiday season, even if you can't be together in person? A, send a mass text message. B, host a virtual gathering through video chat. Or C, send a carrier pigeon (laughs) with written handwritten letters. Do people even know how to write letters anymore? (laughs) I feel like that is like being forgotten. (laughs) But um, 
That's a hard one. Um, I know. I would. I would say. Uh, I would say B. Um, it's very easy to send a. It's very easy to send a mass text message, but you kind of. It, it, because it's so mass, you kind of lose the, the emotional part of it. So definitely be for sure for me. Dana, I know your brother, like my brothers, live far away. What would you do? Well, seems an option. <laughs> I might have to go for a carrier <laughs> I love it. Uh. <laughs> but uh, no, of course, if, if she's not an option, but there would really be something special to that, I would probably uh, definitely go <laughs> for a piece as well because I love to see to see the faces. You know, there's so much joy in that connection. I, I think so too. But I I'm so over you know these Zoom meetings we all used to have during COVID. Like that's the only way we could see people. So I'm kind of like every time I I see that answer. But the one thing I have started to do, and okay, maybe not with holiday cards, but in general, is try and write thank you cards and actually put them in the mail to people. And what's happened? And people haven't checked their mail for so long. Six seven months later, they open the card. And they're so surprised. They're like, oh, my God, this isn't a bill. So maybe a mix of handwritten and things. I think we have time for two more questions. Rich, awesome. Got you. Um, why don't I ask the next one? Okay. And uh, given what Dana does for a living, I think this is important. Which self-care activity can help you recharge during the holidays and reduce stress? A, ignoring self-care completely, which so many moms and dads do. B, taking a relaxing bath. Or C, juggle holiday shopping, work, and social events without a break. Dana, what would you recommend as our specialist? I mean, are we so inclined to do both A and C? Um, and yeah. neither really, um, neither really can you know, certainly letting go of all of our practices that help us feel our best is is not going to serve us well in the long term. But may um, yeah. does often happen. However, juggling them all can be difficult too. You know, I think <laughs> something that I try to encourage people at the studio all the time is to prioritize your self-care, whether that's yoga practice or a cold plunge or meditation or painting or walking or running, whatever it may be, but um, prioritizing it um, like a meeting, you know, like a job, put it in your calendar. And if there are other things that come up that conflict with it, if you have the opportunity to say no, sometimes you say no to prioritize your self-care and that's okay. I love what you just said. Uh, particularly about prioritizing your self-care. And I'm just going to answer this last question because many people on the line don't understand, on the line, like listening, don't understand the importance of self-care. And I loved our caller Steve today talked about it. We just had a bunch of texts that said, I don't have time for self-care. And so one of the things that I want to ask you when you say you don't have time for self-care is what will your family be missing if your lack of self-care causes the worst to happen. Mm -hmm. Self-care is Mm -hmm. a priority. I didn't practice it, and I almost died in the back of an ambulance. So I need everybody to really think about that this holiday season. If you're feeling sad, if you're feeling blue, seek support from family, from friends, from mental health practitioners. We've given you so Mm -hmm. many different things. And in our social media, um, even though we talk about not being on social media, Richardson, not Mary, will be posting a whole list of things you can do and a whole bunch of resources on our Instagram. Right, Rich? Yes. And also our LinkedIn, for sure. Um, You can definitely check that out there. I'll post the quiz and everything else. 